This is 15 Minutes of Freedom. I'm your host, Ryan Adele. And today, coming to us live from Dallas, Texas, one of my favorite cities, the lovely, powerful Nadia Shalwani, owner of Nadia's Nutrition. Nadia, how are you? I'm wonderful. So I must put out a disclaimer before we get rolling on the show. I, I believe in transparency. I know Nadia very, very well. I've got to bear witness to her meteoric rise inside of the coaching, health, wellness, personal development space. And so it's really cool for me to get to, to spend time with you, Nadia, because I've got to sit in the sidelines and like watch this over the past what, year and a half, right? From the first time we met each other it was almost this time last year, probably maybe a little bit before now. And like where you sit now and what you've been through is truly fascinating. And so I want to get to that before, like I'm completely cutting you off. I knew you were about to talk, but <laughs> I, I like to start every one of these episodes with uh, an impactful question. And it's, the question almost is always the same. You're an entrepreneur, you're a self-starter, you're a motivator. What is one piece of advice you'd give to every person that's either considering or in their first year of small business ownership? Don't let your fears stop you. They are non-existent. Any fear that you have, it's crazy to know that there's people out there less credible and less experienced doing the same shit and things that you didn't even think you could do. So I just, I truly believe in not letting your fears take them over you. I love that. So what, what Nadia is basically saying is there's a bunch of second rate coaches out there that are trying to eat into her marketplace that aren't nearly as good as she is. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's... <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm serious, but I'm kidding, right? Like there's, there's this thing that I think all of us coaches, mentors, consultants, whatever you want to call it, like do we think the sheet of paper is going to make us more successful or the accreditation is going to matter? What really matters is you put yourself out there consistently and you explain to people how you can help them. Right. And it's all about your experience too, right? You can go to school, you can take certifications, you can do, um, you, you know, read everything there is out there to learn to be a good coach. But when you look back, I sit here and look back and look at everyone that's, you know, doing very well. It's because they've come from their experiences, lessons of coaching other people, right? Like putting everything into play and being able to coach others is it's a beautiful thing it's just you have to really be uh confident in why you've gotten this far in the first place right i mean when you are truly self-aware of what you want what makes you happy your gut instinct will take you the right direction so don't ignore that i love that and speaking of that i'd love to unpackage yeah. like the brilliance that is you because right you weren't always i mean you might have been born a coach but you weren't always self-employed you had a corporate background and I'd love for you to right, walk us through the progression of your life because I think it's incredibly inspiring. Like you have that maybe not ideal story, right? You're living it. So I'm sure it sucks where you sit, but for me, I'm like, man, this is awesome. Yeah. Well, yeah. And you, you've heard all of it. It's crazy. It is crazy to know that, you know, you know everything. And you weren't just on the sidelines, which I'll come up to I'll come back to later. You were in the middle of fucking field of us, you know, me transitioning. So um, definitely thank you for that. But yeah, I, started uh, wanting to do pre-med when I first left high school. I, I just didn't, I didn't even know I wanted to go to college, but because of the things that was going on at home, you know, a dark environment will make you want to push further and get out of there. So I just, I saw that my sister went to college and she got to leave the house. That's the only thing that pushed me to get the fuck out of the house or get go to college was she got to leave. I want to leave too. College is my ticket. So I went to college, wanted to do pre-med. Um, but as I was going through a dark time during that time, I was actually going through some eating disorders and some um, lots of anxiety. I didn't even know anxiety even existed or depression even existed just because it was never talked about in our household or even in our culture. So, so yeah. it, it's crazy. Like I, I, I this is going to be just the most fucked up interview, but you're going to have to roll with me as you're listening. I completely forgot that when we first met that you had right. Some anxiety, some, right. I don't, I don't even know what to call it. Like it, I didn't even, until you just said that, I didn't remember any of that stuff. Like you don't, you're not the same person. I know. I, I feel that. I agree with you. I'm not. It's every time I look back, I'm like, wow, if I thought like this then, man. Well, yeah. And I want to, I don't want to get too deep in the personal, personal stuff, right? Cause that's everybody's thing to unpackage. But I think it's important to share as well that like you didn't choose your, your, your family situation, right? But what you got to experience from that mm -hmm. 
I think is actually a beautiful gift because of how much then you care about your clients. Like it's like you had to have just tough shit go on so that now you can make it so other people's lives are better. Correct. Yeah. And, and it's crazy because I didn't realize when I, when I started noticing that there was something going on with me internally, panic attacks, anxiety, how I treat, how I treated myself, how I felt about other people in relationships. I, it just started, it just became this hellhole, And I was like, there's, there has to be a way out. And so I, you know, I, I don't know what it was. I just feel like the universe was speaking to me about fitness nutrition all along. But while I was going through that, um, I remember the only outlet I had was everyone was talking about therapy. You were depressed or this or that. And I, I understand therapy is helpful, but I couldn't afford it. So I was going to my therapist at, at the university and these students are actually practicing therapy. So they didn't really do anything, but like, how do you feel? Okay, well then, <laughs> and I'm sitting here like, are you fucking serious? I feel crazy. I don't know what else to tell you. So anyway, I just quit therapy and I realized that working out helped me feel a lot better. I, I don't think I was releasing any endorphins just because I was so in tune with what I was going through at home, what I was looking at, what I was seeing in, in, in my father, my mother, and my extended family. I didn't know where happiness came from. I had to find my own happiness and it came from working out. And so I turned that into just iron therapy and I felt great. Then I realized if I'm do if I'm feeling good, I'm going to the gym every day, I'm progressing. I, I wasn't really progressing with strength and I was going through so much shit at home. I was like, if I can't control anything that's going on at home, but I can control what I'm doing in the gym, I'm gonna be better here. And turns out nutrition was enhancing my performance. Not only was it enhancing my performance, it was enhancing the way I felt. Um, but also because I was dealing with things at home, I was emotionally eating. And then when I was emotionally eating, it made me feel like crap because I was gaining weight. So while I was gaining weight, I was um, also going through eating disorders. So I was throwing up or, or I was anorexic for some time. I was popping diet pills for some time. It was just a crazy hellhole. And so after going through my own journey, and speaking to, speaking to my training clients, I was like, oh my God, I've been through this. I know what you're feeling. And I used to start to think, you know, sitting down and talking to them, well, what's making you feel this way? Is there something going on at home? Because I knew that was going on with me. And I was like, oh my gosh, it's not about just nutrition. It's not just about fitness. It's how can we use these outlets to make you feel better, make you feel more alive and that you're not, there is a way, there's a way to feel better by just by doing it for yourself, right? It's not just about going to therapy. You, you want to being able to move your body you get to move your mind you know like I always felt so trapped I didn't know I can look anywhere else I just thought this is my life and how it's going to be you know so that's actually essentially how I started was with my own journey so well, yeah go ahead and what I find uh, fascinating is probably the wrong word and I, I don't believe in stereotypes at all mm -hmm. it just happens to be the people that I've had a chance to get to know in an intimate relationship, right? And intimate, you know what I mean by that? That happen to be, right? We laughingly say brown, right? I don't know how to put, I'm not going to put everybody in a box, but that there's so many culturally accepted ways of treating people that are passed down from generation to generation. Like I, I have male clients right now that are right of Indian descent and I have had female clients, right? And everything in between. And to see both sides of it, we're like, there's an awakening of the 25 to 35 year old men. A lot of them are saying like, man, I was taught some really fucked up stuff. Like, and I'm not judged. I'm, I'm a judgment free guy, right? I don't know what goes on in anybody's household other than the presentation that I get to hear. But on your side, right, you got to see the other side of that, right? You're, there's just a long line of, like you said, your tribe, your culture, the people that are nearest to you. That was like the ways that people were being treated. It was ex like normal, right? It was like, it wasn't, it was just necessarily an isolated event. It was right. And, and I, I say that where I believe that every person that's breathing deserves respect. And I believe that every person that's breathing and, and dead, but right. Let's, let's just talk about living for right now. But like, there's nothing you should be treated with the same amount of respect as any other person on the planet. And what I find to be true is that's not always the culturally accepted way to treat people in other, in other areas. Right. And, it, it, you know, being raised in that household and learning that this is just how it is. Cause I've seen the way 
um, men in my family treated women. And I realized, okay, that's not just my family, it's my culture. And I'm like, okay, maybe it's not just my family, it's what the way their parents were raised, uh, raised them as well. And so one day, when I was 12 years old, I don't know what it was, maybe I'm the black sheep of the family, but I realized this doesn't seem normal to me. This does not seem normal to me. And so I just had to say it. I just had to say it out loud to my father and to my family that I don't think this is okay. I don't think this is how you, you know, see women. You should see women and treat women. And it's not your fault that you were raised in this, in this kind of um, environment as well. And I think that's why I'm so passionate about my communities because then I started looking into the youth of my community. And the things that their parents were teaching them about eating and that there's no such thing as depression, there's no such thing as anxiety, there's no such thing as you being mentally aware. You just do this, this, and this, and then you're doing it correctly. And, you know, being, uh, being involved with my community, like the youth, they're being forced and pressured into going to this, this college or becoming this and um, doing music is probably just, it's just fun. You can't have a career out of this. That's just an example. But, you know, starting a business, I never thought I would. And um, I, I was never, I, I got a little lucky with my parents about, you know, they let me do whatever the hell I wanted to do, for sure, just because they, they never really knew about college and what career um, is out there. So I feel like I got lucky in that aspect because I got to start a business and I didn't really have to choose. I got to go to college and chose whatever I wanted to do, whatever class I wanted to go to, what was exciting, I chose. But just being involved in the community as my clients and the youth that I, I volunteered with and whatnot, it's so so crazy that they're just so formed in one way of thinking and what happens is that when you're self-aware and you know what truly makes you happy and you ignore it it's like you're not living and that's not fair and not that many people in my community are talking about it no one really wants to talk about what it is to be self-aware or what it is to be truly truly happy and what it what it means to be settling no one really gets it and so i, I feel like you know coaching my clients a lot of, i don't tell them they have naturally realized and come to me and told me, man, I didn't realize that I was, I didn't put myself first. They didn't even know what it meant to put yourself first. It was always, you have to treat, you have to serve others and then yourself. But how are you going to serve others if you're not serving yourself? Right? So absolutely. That, that was, that was, that's been a long lifelong journey for me. I realized it's after some time. And then when I started coaching others and realized, you know what, I, I, I somehow naturally figured it out because I never really had mentorship and anyone prior to you. I never spoke to anyone. And so I, I realized that this is a good way of going because I'm happy and I'm choosing my journey the way I am. Um, I wasn't always happy, obviously, but it's crazy how much I was able to kind of find my way out. Right. And I realized, you know, when I, when I hired you, you, you told me yourself, you're like, you know what, you can run a business with your eyes closed. We need to fix you first. Like we, he's like, you're, <laughs> he said, he said, you're not going to make money just by, by just going with the flow with your eyes closed. Like we got to figure out your, when, once you figure out your net worth and your value, then and only then can you actually move forward with your life. And I, that was, that blew my mind. I'm like, oh my God, you're right. You're right. Cause I'm doing, I've been doing this by myself. Like I, I was self-made. I am self-made. And at some point it just became dark and you're like, it's not because you don't know what the fuck to do It's because you're lost and we need to find your way out because of the traumatic experiences I've been through. I never really faced them the way you helped me face them. So that wasn't the sidelines. You were, you were in the middle of it all. <laughs> well, I, I, I honor the fact you wanted to share that, right? This, this is none of this about self-promotion for me. It just, it's really crazy because until you were bringing this up, like I, I almost have forgotten some of the entry points because it feels so long ago where I was down in Dallas, Texas at, at an event and Nadia and her friend, Anne came to the hotel to say hello. And Brad, we ended up having a conversation about what it could look like to coach together. And right. Nadia was in search of a business coach. That was, that was just the, essentially what came out of her mouth. And I'm like, okay, that's cool. But like your business isn't fucked up. You are. Yeah. And she's like, she's like, wait, what? And I'm like, well, well, yeah, like business is simple, right? Like that's systems and processes. That's looking at numbers. That's, paint by numbers your psyche is its own its own thing and what i what i love about all of that is not only did you we walked hand in hand through some tough times right it's ripping off that band-aid is never fun for the first four to six weeks like it's it's just never enjoyable but now that we walked through that so long ago and your business has continued to grow and expand it's like it comes full circle i call it the hero's journey where i met you at the top and then you know you learn a new skill and it got dark and it got scary halfway down and like 
doubting yourself and all this crazy shit. And then it, you keep getting more and more success and more motivation that becomes your goal to share what you learned, which I think is what all of us are supposed to do, like the self-awareness and the fact of you knew it somewhere inside of you. I didn't tell you something you didn't know. You just didn't have somebody shine the light on it. Yeah, exactly. Because when we were when we met up with Dan, I was actually quiet for most of the time. And you asked me like four or five times, like, why are you quiet? What are you thinking? What's on your mind? And I'm like, oh my God, how do you even know I'm thinking? <laughs> I was like, fuck, I have to tell him. <laughs> and I was like, hey, this is how I feel. And this is what's happening. And you're like, I know. He's like, you're like, I know. I'm like, I don't know if I can do this, blah, blah, blah. And he said, you know, you know, I just, I feel like you have some pattern and traumatic experiences that are kind of holding you back. And I've always believed that, but I've never heard someone say it out loud. And that's when I was like, okay, that's what I've been feeling this entire time. And so, yeah, I've coached and whatnot, but in order for you to progress and in, in learning more, more of the value of yourself and how much you can bring to the table, someone, you just need someone to shine that light on you because you're always going to be your worst critic. You're always going to put yourself down. You know, you're always going to make you, you, the first question you asked me too was like, do you feel like you're a fraud? I'm like, fuck yeah, I do. <laughs> <laughs> Man, we all do. All, every one of us when we start feels like we're a damn fraud. Yeah, yeah. And it's crazy that you even asked me that um, because I didn't think other people were thinking that. Then I started to realize a lot of CEOs and top, business, uh, top CEOs and billionaires and millionaires are thinking the same damn thing. And I said, oh my gosh, I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm not the only one feeling this way. So, yeah. That's, that's, go ahead. Well, I'd love to know the transition, right? The, uh, thank you for sharing all the stuff about me. I don't want to breeze over that, but really, I still am curious because you, the college part, right? You, you ended up going through college and eventually you got into corporate America. If I, if I remember you did, you did something that wasn't coaching. Right. I actually went into, um, so I got my nutrition degree and in school, they only told you if you want to be a nutritionist, you have to be a dietitian. And if you want to be a dietitian, you do medical nutrition therapy. So I said, okay, that's my only way to, that's the only thing I'm going to do with my degree. Like, I guess that's the only thing I can do. So it was personal training, but I was getting a degree in nutrition. And then they told me my only option was to be a dietitian. So the option was to get out with a nutrition degree and you can't get a job unless you become a dietitian. So I started, so I said, you know what, I'm not, I honestly could not afford a dietetics um, uh, program because it's unpaid. So it was, it was like an internship. I couldn't pay for it. So I said, okay, I have to get a job first. So I got a job at Baylor University as a dietetic technician. And I said, okay, how about I do this for a year, save up money, and then I can go back. Go back. I actually got denied the dietetics program. Um, and I think it's mostly because of the fact that I, did, I actually got rejected from college too. I never got into college. I had to appeal my way through it. I wrote a huge essay and told them exactly what I was dealing with, that I didn't give a shit about high school. I never went. I, all I did was, I was always worried about my mom throughout my entire education years. So once I wanted to go to college, it was, it was late. I didn't, I didn't study. I didn't give a shit about classes. So I was like, Hey, I'm going to have to beg my way through it. I also didn't know how to write. So I found a friend. I asked her to write for me. So I'm like, Hey, this is how I feel. Can you write it on a sheet of paper? So she did. I typed it up. I sent it in. I got into TLU. I actually got into UNT and TLU. So they both said yes to me. I got into UNT and I, I transferred to TW because I had a nutrition degree. And then after I graduated from there, I was like, okay, you know what? Let me try to be a diet tech at Baylor. Baylor was a great place to learn. I'm not going to lie. It was a wonderful, a good platform to like learn more about nutrition. But at the same time, I was training at LA Fitness too because I didn't want to lose my focus and uh, training experience, right? So at uh, the hospital, it wasn't really about preventative care. It was more about obviously curing um, what, you know, conditions like diabetes or heart issues and whatnot. I actually not just Baylor, I just know that medical nutrition therapy wasn't for me because it's not, it's more, more so calories in versus calories out and how to just stabilize our health. I wanted to be the one that prevented anyone from even getting to the hospital. So um, even after one year, I said, I don't even know if I want to do this. Screw it, I'll just stay here another year. Second year goes by, I, don't, I still don't want to be one, a dietitian. And then the third year comes around, I was like, oh my God, I just don't want to do this shit anymore. I really like personal training and I love giving nutritional advice. So I ended up working at um, Anytime Fitness, um, at Lifetime Fitness, and then I started working at a hormonal therapy clinic for weight loss. Um, and everywhere that I've worked, I realized that 
didn't take me as a female very seriously versus the men that I was working next to. Um, I also was being treated like, um, I, I don't think I was, there was some, some wellness clubs where my managers wouldn't see me as a professional. They would just see me as a female. And um, that was really hard because I had to keep proving myself, keep proving myself, which is okay. I'm okay to do that. But when you're sitting there trying to prove yourself and fight through your management, you don't have any focus on your clients. So that was very hard for me too. So I kept jumping from wellness clubs to wellness clubs to figure out who's going to take me seriously. Um, and there are some gyms like Anytime that was great. And I worked at Lifetime for a while. Then um, I got the nutrition director position at Lifetime because they really did like the way I was coaching. Um, but at all these wellness clubs and weight loss clinics, they were forcing you to um, shove pills down my client's throats. That's the only way you'll get commission. So instead of selling these pills, I was taking out my extra time to coach. You don't get paid to coach. You get paid for every pill that you sell. So I saw that I was enjoying more of coaching, even though I wasn't getting paid for it. And I wasn't liking shoving pills on my throat, on my client's throat. So I was like, what am I doing? I'm, I could be using all this time to get paid and to, you know, bring value into my client's lives. So after some time at um, a gym, I realized, hey, I've done some great things for these clients and, my, and, and this gym itself. Maybe I can do this myself. With like zero dollars in my account, I ended up just quitting. And I started my own company. And I was like, you know what? We'll figure it out. I'll figure this shit out. I borrowed $500 from my mom, got a certification as a health coach so I can have the credibility behind my back. And then that's exactly where it started from. So just the corporate world of wellness, it's not always, I'm not saying not everyone's happy there. It's just my experiences in this um, corporate wellness world wasn't what I expected it to be because I really just wanted to work on the mind and body and the alignment of it, not um, telling them, hey, you should eat kale and have these supplements. You know what I'm saying? So I do. Yeah. So now it's just building rapport is huge. And I don't think these wellness clubs realize I would go home and coach my clients at home and I would build their plans at home. And then when I get back to work, I'd have to use those hours to um, market their supplements and all that stuff. So, so I love the backstory. Let's, let's talk about when you and I first met each other, right? We, you said it, we started working together. I believe at that point, right, you, you shared enough. So I'll, I'll, I'll talk about my beliefs about your life, which is all types of fucked up, but here we are, right? You, your business was successful. You had like 25 or 30 one-to-one -one clients, but like the amount of stress and jumbled stuff that was going on was so much. You're like, you're breaking down. Like I got these calls on this day. And it was like, it took me 20 minutes just for my head to get wrapped around. And I started thinking, well, that's kind of the same way you've had to live your life up until this point, right there. So it makes sense. I always say how you do one thing is how you do everything. And so until you could get clear on one part, right. And it didn't matter to me if it was business or mindset first, but it, it almost was, if I remember, we were kind of walking down that path side by side with, okay, let's talk about the fucked up stuff that's in your mind that we all have, right. Not as she's special, but right, we all have fucked up stuff going on in our head. We can just stop lying to each other. It's okay. 100%. And then let's do a little bit. Let's spend 35, 40 minutes talking about that. And let's spend 15 or 20 minutes talking about business. And it was, it's been so cool to see you, right? To me, truly undervaluing yourself in the market, working like 97 hours a week to make good money. I think even great money. But then let's talk about this, like that transition, right? And not, forget me. It has nothing to do with me. Like you've experienced your own reality because shit, we haven't worked together for, Oh, four or five months, six months. I don't even know. I, I'm not running a tally on it, but I still feel like I work with you. Like, <laughs> well, what I love is the fact that we forged an actual friendship. Like when, when you have a question about something, you text me and it's always like, don't, no big deal. No rush. Don't, don't <laughs> take your time. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? Like I pick up the phone and I call you and I give you some advice. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's just kind of the way it works with, with clients. So I like I said, I'd love to know from that, that entry point, right. When you started the business up until now, cause like now you sit in front of me, you're calm, you're bright eyed, you're bushy tailed. You got all types of stuff I want to talk about as far as the growth of your business. Cause that's super exciting to see. Like I said, 25 one-to-one -one clients working 90 hours a week to where you're at now is night and day different. What was that like? What, what did you experience then? Man, I can't, it was, let's just say that I didn't, it was 
I think one of the main reasons of why I pushed through was because I was able to see clients happier. Even if I couldn't find control of myself and figure out a way to make myself happy, the fact that my clients were getting, were happier and living a better life, it felt like I was too. So, so Nadia, what's, what's your Instagram page? Nadia's Nutrition, right? Yeah, Nadia's un, like that. Un Underscore? Yeah. yeah. Do yourself a favor right now. Pause this episode. Hop on IG. Go to Nadia underscore nutrition. Nadia. Nadia's. Mm -hmm. Yep. And see some of her transformations from her clients. Like there's plenty of people say, Oh, I'm, I'm a health coach, right? I'm a wellness coach. I'm a dietitian. I'm all these things. And then you look at Nadia's clients, right? That 20, 30, 40 pound weight loss the right way, a sustainable way, a healthy way, no pills, potions, lotions, no crash diets. You educate them. Like you do stuff like beyond the right way and I want to yeah. like I want to make sure that you actually stop and go check it out because this isn't I don't want to say it's just not bullshit like you care so much and that's what made me want to bring this up and pause for a second it was like you said that you're seeing the transformation right I can have you drinking if you're listening diet hack for you you're ready for this get out a pen it's super fancy drink a fucking gallon of water a day for a week and you're going to lose five pounds right like that your body's going to regulate. You're going to lose five pounds. You're going to gain some of it back because just flushing out the toxins. Like Nadia is getting kick-ass huge results with massive retention. Like she hasn't had openings on her roster for months because of the quality she offers. Now that I've been interrupted completely, <laughs> share, share the rest if you will. The fact that you brought that up is um, I'm actually making a huge change in the way I present my transformations. I... I'm a huge believer on what, how your mind sees yourself is a way you will start, you know, valuing yourself and valuing your goals and being able to kind of stay disciplined because I, when I was uh, posting transformation photos, my clients were comparing themselves to each other. Like, why is she looking like this, but I've worked this hard and why, why does this look like 10 pounds and I look like I haven't started telling them like everyone's journey is very different and you can't sit here and compare yourself to everyone else's like weight loss like what am I doing wrong what is she doing right and it turns out everyone's mentality is different everyone's routine is different one might have children one may not one might be going through some hormonal issues or digestive issues that one person isn't so my transformation are now all about the mindset if you've noticed I screenshot a lot of my conversations with my clients because the difference in the way they think is what hypes me up the way they see food the way they see life the way they see themselves help hypes me up to work even harder for them because that's how my journey was too. I was comparing myself when I was competing, when I did the NPC bodybuilding competitions, I was sitting there looking at my pictures. I remember crying the day of my competition because I thought I looked fat. And when I look at it now, I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> I had abs. Girl had abs. She's in this little, I mean, it's appropriate, right? She's in a little bikini. Like I'd never seen until like two weeks ago. I don't think I'd ever seen a picture of that, right? It wasn't relevant for our coaching. So I certainly didn't ask. Right. But I literally come and I'm like, damn, like, that's killer hard work. Like I know what that takes of the misery to get to that low body fat. Like you hate life at that moment. I know. And I want it. I want everyone to understand. It's not about just the way you look, the way you look will come after that. It's the way you feel about yourself. It's the way you, the, the transformation in your mind is so much more powerful than the way it looks. And I feel I want everyone to, I want their mind and body to be aligned because we see it on social media all day, every day, the difference between weight loss and how this person looks like this and this person looks like that. I've actually had clients say, I thought I wanted to look like this, but now I'm so happy. I, like the, I don't even care to look this way anymore. I'm just so happy and I feel so, I, I accept myself the way I look now. And I want that for everyone because sometimes people look at an, another person's goal and they try to achieve that goal. And it's just, you're not going to reach it. That's not your goal. It's someone else's goal, right? So yeah, that's if y'all, if, if anyone sees the Instagram, you'll see that one of my biggest transformation comes from the fact that your, your mental change is bigger than your physical change for me and my clients. So I, I, you know, going back to, going back to my journey of transitioning from going, being in high school and corporate wellness to running my own company came from the fact that even though I was going crazy, I was so going, in fact, I lost myself. I wasn't taking care of myself. I'll be honest, you know, I was drinking. I was sleeping super, super late. I wasn't waking up. I would skip the gym and I'd rather drink wine instead. And I was losing myself so much. And 
that's actually why I had to come to you. Anne was like, you know, you didn't meet this guy. Like I was listening to his podcast and it, it sounds like everything you need in your life. So I do feel for a lot of health coaches out there that do put their heart and soul into their clients because there is going to be a point where you do lose yourself because you're putting, you're serving everyone else. And you helped me come up with one of my favorite phrases that I'm getting tattooed. I am, yeah, I am. You better know it before you get a fucking tattoo of it. I want Blake. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not a savior. I should not be saving anyone. I'm a leader. So I'm a savior and not a leader. I'm, I'm a leader, not a savior. Yes. So I'm you're saving everyone, trying to save everybody because I lost myself in that process. And that's why I felt like, that's why I used to come to you and say, hey, do you ever get tired of coaching? I thought I loved coaching. Why do I hate coaching? Why do I hate coaching? I'm like, no, 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 I don't hate coaching. It's the fact that I lost myself doing that. And so the transition going from corporate wellness and people, you know, having support, you're getting your paychecks week, uh, bi-weekly, you have people to go to, you don't have to clean the dirty work, they will do it for you. At this point, I ended up being my own CEO, my own boss. I had to keep my own self aligned. I had to take care of myself. I was taking care of my clients. So yeah, working 90 hours a week was insane. I didn't have a life. I, don't, I barely had any relationships. I barely had friends. And if I did have friends, it'd be friends that understood me. I lost the ones that didn't understand me. And so that transition was pretty damn dark, but I'm not going to lie. The only reason why I pushed through was because of the fact that I saw how much it was changing their lives and it helped me so much. And in fact, my clients still till this day inspire me to stay on track. It's all, it's, it's a back and forth thing. Like if I'm going to help them then I see how well they're doing, how happy they are and I'm doing that for them, it's, it's, it's easy for me to do that for myself too now because I've realized that I can be doing that for myself as well. So that, that, that was, it was a dark time. <laughs> I remember, I know you, I know, you know, I think I have cried to you more than I've cried to my mom. <laughs> so it's been, it's been a journey and it still is till this day. Well, we, we shared some tears, right? But that's part of, I think, walking, walking side by side or hand in hand with anybody that you actually care about is, yeah. right. It's, it's creating that box that you can, you know, feel safe and feel comfortable in, right. There's never any judgment in that for me because all I was seeing was, an old version of myself in you, right? I think that's, it's people like, why are you a coach? Why, you know, what gives you the right? What do you, well, because every time I get to speak to you, Nadia, or anybody, it's like teaching me something. Like it's, it's like I'm coaching myself by coaching other people and it holds me accountable. Like you said, like I can't sit here and say you should do X, Y, and Z if I'm not doing X, Y, and Z better than anybody I'm trying to share it with. Like it just feels out of alignment for me. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And that's the thing that, when you have a mentor, they're your leader, and you led me that way too. You know, I saw you working your ass off, going to the gym, having a family, having a business, and then I would ask you on your down days, so I'm like, are you good? And you finally one day told me after we were coaching that, hey, it's been a hard fucking day. I was like, okay, so we're all going through it. <laughs> so I, and, and, and you know, I, and I love hearing that because you're right. Like, I think I've become a lot more powerful in the way I help myself now, you know, meditation, journaling, all that. I know you brought all those tools into my life, but it was not, it wasn't easy doing all of them at once. I had to go one at a fucking time. You're going to take 10 steps back, but you got to stay consistent in some of them too. Right. So I think that, yeah, I think working on myself, um, is, and being real and raw and honest with my clients is the only way to help them out too, because like we're, we're all one in the same. It's just, I've had more experiences of coaching and I'd love to help everyone else do the same thing. But it, it yeah, it's just not easy being a coach, but it's the best thing. It's literally the best thing. I, I never thought I'd be a businesswoman. I just thought I'd always be a coach. Right. So once that happened, I was like, fuck, I need a mentor. <laughs> I signed up for this shit. I signed up to coach. What's going on here? So, but yeah. Well, what I think, so from my standpoint, one of the things that I found to be not only your personal development side of things and getting clear and right, not having all that weight on your shoulders all the time, but not even what I found to be fascinating was the shift into right, what I'll call true entrepreneurism. And when we look at true entrepreneurism, what I mean by that is, right, that shift and that, that kind of awakening over into the, uh, more of the idea that we're in control, 
And when I say we're in control, that we're in control of the day, we're in control of the week, we're in control of our hours. Slight technical difficulty as you're listening. I am not going to edit this because that is a waste of time, energy, and effort. We're experiencing a slight connection issue with Nadia right now. So she hopped off Zoom. She's hopping back on Zoom. That's how we conduct these interviews. And we'll continue forward. That's why my speech cadence got a little, got a little sloppy there. But really what I was saying, now that I can focus just on the, the message, was I saw Nadia go through this transition period where she was 90 hours a week. Plus, she was serving a multitude of different clients, but not serving herself. She didn't have any systems and processes. It was serving others, but in a very haphazard manner. And while that's brilliant, while that's beautiful, while that's powerful, it's, it's a little different in the fact that you need to be in control of your own life. Nadia is back now, so she's, she's on this. And what I was sharing, Nadia, was the beautiful transition that you went through from 90 hours a week, 23, 24, 25 clients, and having it be that the business is controlling you, and then over time, you reclaiming that power and actually offering a higher level of service with less hours. Like there's, there's a fascinating thing that happens for every entrepreneur. And Nadia literally fought me on this. Like she tooth and nail damn near fought me. Like there's just no way this is going to work. And I said, I, I swear when you can show up in a big way, you can honor your commitment to customers, clients, but create some boundaries, create some healthy space between how you serve people claim back we'll just say 50 hours of your own week. So you, you know, you're only working a 40 hour week job, which is not unrealistic. And lo and behold, not only did her client load basically stay the same, but her rates were very easily doubled basically, if not even more. Right. And, and who knows the, I, is, before you get turned off by the talk of money, which I know sometimes happens, rates are a byproduct of the energy and the effort. And you're actually paying Nadia for her repetitions just like you'd be paying me or any other coach, right? Like if you want to go learn all the stuff that I did, it's a four, five, six, 10, 12 year path. You're paying me for the reader's digest version. You're paying Nadia for the, for the quick version, the accelerated version. So you're not paying me for the fact that I can solve something. It's this time and efficiency in which I can, which is what Nadia experienced when she could step back from the fire and start to run it like a business instead of running it like a, like a hobby. Yeah, and I'm like, I'm sitting here thinking I've trained, I've personal trained like most of my career, right? And I realized like I've always been doing an 80, 90 hour week. And I'm like, this is not okay. How is it that I'm serving the world and not myself? And I'm just, these hours of mine getting paid enough to do it. And it was never about the money. Even when I started with you, I'm like, I think I was so nervous to even ask for money. You're like, fuck, like you, you're spending all this time. Why are you, why, you might as well coach for free. I'm like, what? <laughs> so it, money has always been a, a point for me where I've always been, the word money just scared me. You know, it just, in my family, money meant power, you know, growing up. So I always thought money, if anyone asks for money, they're not going to, they're not going to see you as. Uh, someone that's going to help you, they just want to sell to you. And it was not about that. And you taught me, you know, not, if you're going to run a business, you got to know how to sell. I'm like, I don't want to sell. You're, like, you're not selling. You're selling, you're, you're selling your value. You're selling what you can do for the world, right? So, and then you told me that you're not going to be able to increase your rates until you truly believe your rates. And I remember that because I used to, I used to ask for the, the highest rate. and like, never mind. We'll just like, it's cool. I'll give you a discount. You're like, what the fuck? Why'd you do that? I'm like, I don't know. As time went on, I started realizing how much I was doing for my clients. And not only that, but I, I just knew, I just knew for myself, if I wanted to make my clients a quality of coaching better, that I do, I did need the money. I did, I did need it for like purposes and not just for myself, but to help them out too. So as soon as I started building more value and confidence in myself, the, the, the rate just rolled off my tongue. You, you, I remember you telling me you're still cheap. I'm like, yeah, but this is a lot for me at this point and it's easily coming out of my tongue. I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait until I start building that value. Right? So it's insane how much I didn't realize that you don't really need to work 10 hours a day or eight hours a day to think that you're, you're, you know, bringing value into the world. It's really about how much quality and value you're bringing in those hours and still being able to make the same type of money. Because honestly, the more you work on yourself, 
the better your product is, right? Like I'm, I'm the coach. If I'm, if I'm taking care of myself and I'm, you know, fulfilling and progressing in my mindset and my abilities, then and only then can my clients feel like they're getting the best coaching out of me. So it wasn't about just serving them. I had to make sure I was taking time out for myself. And the, when I did that, I started realizing my rates matched up. They did. And not only that, it was easy for me to be like, hey, you know what? This is how much I cost. And I would love to help you out. And I've had clients be like, okay, let's do it. Like, let's go. You know, and it, it's honestly, honestly still till this day mind-blowing because people say you're thinking you need a 9 to 5, you need an 8 to 4 to make the money you want to make. You don't. If you do the 8 to 4, if you do the 9 to 5, that doesn't mean it's for your, only just your clients. It's, it should be for you too. That's actually where the growth comes from is when you take time out for yourself. That's, that, it, it's, it, it's still till this day mind-blowing to me that I still have, I, till this day I'll stay here like, why am I relaxing? Why am I relaxing? But like, I'm allowed to relax. I'm working on that. I'm fine. I'm, it's okay to do it. It's, I, till this day I still, I'm still mind-blowing when I get time for myself. I remember you made me put it in my calendar. After eight, you're not allowed to fucking work. And I'm like, what am I going to do then? What am I going to do after eight? They're like, I don't know, read a damn book go shoot a gun. Like, and I started going to the gun range and I started, you know, uh, boxing and doing random shit I wanted to do. And I realized during those times as when I was excited to come back to work the next day. And I was so hyped to coach because I was able to kind of take that time to fit myself. It took me some time and anxiety to like give myself time. I remember, but I think, I think it was really wise for me to put it on my damn calendar. Right. And I had to see it as self growth for myself. You had to tell me like, Hey, you're going to take your time out, but that doesn't mean you're bullshitting. You're taking the time out for yourself, you know? So it's still mind blowing to me. Like the four hour work week or what was it? That yeah. blew my mind. I was like, this is so true. Ryan's been telling me this since day one. And I remember I was fighting you and I, I get a little stubborn with that. But as time went on, I don't know how many times I've called you and told you, hey, remember when you taught me this? I learned it like today. <laughs> <laughs> but, that, but that's part of it, right? You, you said something beautiful, Nadia, that I want to touch base on just for a moment, that when you hop on the phone, you as you're listening, with myself, Nadia, anybody, I feel like it is my moral obligation to create the bridge for you to walk across the best version of yourself. Mm -hmm. And so what that means is, yes, I'm going to sell you. But the fact that you booked a call with me meant that you had an emotional trigger that you knew you were in pain. And of course, there's going to be things that your old version of self that is still on the phone is saying like, no, 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 I'm not going to fall through with this. No, no, no. I'm not worth the money. No, no, no. You're going to, you're going to justify to yourself all these things. I don't believe in hard sales. Like, I don't even know if I followed up with Nadia for the first like three or four days. Like I flew home and I think I texted her like, Hey, you will do this or what are you thinking? Right. It wasn't like a, an aggressive thing. You didn't, you didn't at all. You're like, if she wants me, she can text me. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> well, you just, it's one of those things and I'm sharing this with you, not to scare you from having phone calls with someone like Nadia or myself. But when you start viewing sales that way, where it's different, if I'm cold calling and knocking on doors, that's a different thing. But if you book time on my calendar, and you want to spend 15 or 20 minutes getting to know if I can serve you, that means you have pain that you're thinking I might be able to solve. Yeah. And if I can solve that, I have to tell you and show you the path to solve it because that's what I'm here for. That's what Nadia is here for. Yeah, and, and, and we all get frightened about sales. And, I, you know, I did too, obviously. That's why I was dirt cheap, right? And I think what it is is that this world is so, so – the word sales is, is so negative these days. It's like, okay, he's just selling me. But not if we start thinking the opposite of what's the value and then look at the price, then you start realizing, okay, maybe this is something I need to do. We don't realize that, like for me, what I, I used to get nervous too. Like you didn't, I don't think you followed up me like follow up with me one time, I think it was, but it connected with me. And I said, you know what? It's it's gonna be a life changer. Me as a mentor, me as a coach too. I was like, you know what? It's not about I didn't sell a product to you. I sold you something that's gonna help you for the rest of your life. And it's a game changer, right? So I ha I'm like, you know what? If I'm sitting here trying to be a coach and sell myself to others, I have to understand that there's other people out there that want to help me too. And I can't just see it as a price tag. I have to see that you have to kind of pay for something that's going to change your life. You have to. So there is something that connected my clients to me. And then when they saw the price tag, it didn't matter to them. They just said, let's go. Because they knew something aligned between the both of us. And you even taught me, like, not everyone's going to mesh well with you. You're going to have an avatar, right? A client avatar. And they're going to fit 
with what you want to do for them and if they see it, they're going to value you right like there's some clients that will pay and be like i don't know i didn't get this much i didn't get that whatnot but you know the more like i think it was the videos you were posting but i think our i grew from our calls more than i did anything else to be honest because we aligned you aligned you did speak to me more than i mean you you were asking me from the day morning like why are you so quiet what's going on in your head I'm like you know what all right we're connected but yeah it's not really about just hard selling like we still have to make a living for ourselves too right we do put our uh, hard work and time into this but we also have to realize that if we're going to teach others to value themselves we have to value ourselves too we come with a price tag just as much as these people do too you're helping business owners realize their self-worth and their net worth too and so if you're if, if they see that hey you know what i'm investing in a coach that's cost this much and it's going to change my life. I'm going to be the same way for my next client too. It's just, it's just paying it forward, honestly. Well, yeah. What I think is, is fascinating. We're just conversationally. If I asked you like, what was your favorite class from your sophomore year of college? You'd be like, I don't have any fucking idea. Right. But all of us paid five to 10 grand a year to go to college for those first two years. We probably didn't do anything, any course that has any actual weight. But because it got a fancy piece of paper at the end that you could hold up, you feel more accomplished. And so it's interesting because you're getting the knowledge. Like it's when you work with someone like Nadia, that's what's so inspiring about how she coaches and, and mentors individuals. She's not saying, okay, here's what you eat and here's how you work out. Go do it. Come back. Tell me how, to, tell me how it worked out. She's spending countless hours explaining how all the pieces go together. That she, so she's empowering you to be able to navigate life on your own in the future, which like what, how can you put a price tag on that? If you're 30 years old and you plan to live into 80 and Nadia doesn't cost, she might cost as much now, but if she charged you 10 grand, right? 10 grand for 10 weeks, thousand bucks a week. You're like, Oh, I can't afford that. How can you afford not to do it? Like you have another 50 years of living. The knowledge she's going to give you, if you followed that, maybe you live to be 90. How do you put a price tag on getting to see your great grandchildren? How do you put a price tag on being able to still be able to walk around and enjoy playing with your grandchildren? Like you can't put real money on that right now. You just don't think that way. Yeah. And like at Baylor too, or at the hospitals I've worked at, I've had patients come back with the same issue, spending twice the amount of money they first paid. Hospitals cost a lot. But what I hated was that even when my parents, when they saw doctors or patients, when they saw doctors, they would say, you know, change the way you eat and you need to do exercise. What the fuck does that mean? What does exercise and diet mean to anyone? It's, it's so broad. And you can't just tell someone, here, here exercise, here, diet. You have to really understand what, what is it? What, what, what do you enjoy about exercise and being physically active? Because it's not just the gym. There's so much more you can do out there. What do you enjoy about eating? What do you not like about eating? Is there a, you know, what's your relationship with food to start with? So that's why they all come back into the hospital and go back to doctors is because they are telling you to do the right thing. It's the execution is where we all get lost. And everyone's execution is very different. And I've just seen it with my own eyes with beautiful souls at the hospital and beautiful souls with my parents and clients going through the shit that they're going through. I just don't think it's fair that they have to keep going the same damn cycle and missing out on literally being happy and enjoying life, their quality of life. Like, why not? Why not fix it now and learn about it? That way you have longevity, you have a happier life. Maybe you'll... I have a lot of clients that have made huge decisions while coaching with me just because they found some sort of confidence in themselves. Literally, it was just eating a little bit better. It was, you know, getting physically active or having a little one-on-one -on -one conversation about what was really bothering them. And just with the, you know, snap of a finger, they're thinking, oh my gosh, I didn't realize I was capable of this. And now I'm having clients tell me, you know, I, I'm thinking differently and now my parents are thinking differently and then my sister's thinking differently. It's just like positive energy at the house now. It's, it's just so beautiful to see that, you know, it's not just about what you're going to eat tomorrow, what, what you're going to work out tomorrow. It's really about changing your entire lifestyle and not trying to see it as everyone else's goals. Because people have so many different goals and you think you have to reach all of those to be healthy. Everyone has their own, right? Well, yeah. And I'd, I'd like to talk for a second, Nadia, of, we talked about, you spoke about decisions and you made the decision to, launch a podcast of your own, which I want to encourage you to go subscribe to right now because I'm sure you have enjoyed what Nadia and I have discussed so far. This is her legitimate personality. This is how she speaks. This is like, this is not some sort of 
right? Fancy show. This is her all the time. And so Nadia, what is the podcast name and where can they find it? So the podcast is called Going Rogue and it's, it's going dot rogue, I believe. It's on Spotify. Um, it's on iTunes and Google Play, I believe. So... Yeah. So basically, if you're, if you're listening to this podcast, you can type in going.rogue and find Nadia's show. And Nadia, what do you cover on your show? So we're going to be covering um, hot topics, right? Things that people are curious about, having questions about. I really like to hear what my followers really want to learn about. So some examples would be like the mindset and then, you know, the holidays are coming up on how we can kind of have a, the Getting into the holidays, being surrounded by family, sometimes it's a little stressful, right? We want to learn about how you're not, not going to stress yourself out during the holidays or how to eat healthier during the holidays, but also, you know, stress, stressors at work, working with coworkers. Literally, it's super, super broad, but it's all about the mindset and the body aligning just with like what I've learned with Dr. Atkinson. So a lot of that is going to go into play with, um, in this podcast. And we have two team members, um, Dr. Monica and Dr. Car uh, Carlos. And we're just going to basically have raw conversations about being better, a better version of yourself. And it's going to be topics that people um, request on a weekly basis. I love it. Nadia, if someone wants to reach out to you and get a hold of you, what are the best ways for them to contact you? So they can go to my Instagram site, uh, Nadia S underscore nutrition or Nadia's, Nadia at Nadia's nutrition.com on email. So DM, email, however. Perfect. Nadia, thank you so much for being a guest. I love catching up with you. Endless love and appreciation for you, my friend. Thank you.